Howdy ho, neighbor. Welcome to Andy's Toy Box, your weekly podcast of everything Toy Story related. Uh, this week we've got... What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant uh, I meant hello there, and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Beyond the Real. I'm Preston, and uh, with me as always, piloting this crazy ship, is Chase. Chase, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Is that is that a real <laughs> podcast, Andy's Toy Shop or Toy Boat or whatever you said? Toy Box? No, no, it's not. I just oh. was, uh, I went for a drive before we recorded and uh, I was thinking about it and decided to kind of pull a little goof on you. <laughs> good. I was, I didn't know because I was trying to think, um, is it Toy Story 2 where that guy, is Al's Toy Barn, is that what it is? Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was yep. like, does that guy have a toy podcast? Because he totally seems like somebody would have a toy podcast. So he I would didn't be. Know. That was before podcasts were like a really big thing. Yeah, no, it was. It was like when they were just starting out on iTunes or something. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I totally could be a real thing. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, I don't know enough about Toy Story to make that into our podcast. But um, I was kind of thinking the the reason that I thought of that was because um, the past I feel like the past two episodes or so we've we've kind of gone off on other properties like we talked about Harry Potter, Avatar. So oh, I thought this sure. time maybe we could get a little bit into Toy Story, but <laughs> maybe we, we maybe we can stick to Star Wars. We'll see. Oh man, I haven't even seen all the Toy Story movies. How sad is that? No? no, um, I have not actually seen the last one. Yeah, that's the one I'm missing too, and I don't even remember the third one. I just know there's a teddy bear involved. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen little bits and pieces, um, but I do like how the end of Toy Story three is a lot like Star Wars, where it rhymes, you know, and uh, he like hands it off and uh, moves on. I, th- I thought that was really po- poetic, and so I still. I'm not like not seeing the fourth one out of principle. It's more of just like I'm not interested. I, I kind of finished my Toy Story yeah. uh, journey. Hmm. Interesting. But Star Wars journey never ends, right? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say it's it's that is very similar to Star Wars, where it's like if you wanted to, you could just have it end at Return of the Jedi, and then just be like, oh, it's something else that happened, I guess. But it's not yeah. really. <laughs> I still I still have a hard time seeing the sequel trilogy as a meaningful part of the saga like and i i like the sequel movies minus nine not so much but i i like them but it just to me it's like oh it's fun new star wars but i i don't see it tying in as neatly as the first six films are in the saga and maybe a part of that uh for me at least it's like uh vader is uh, anakin is the prequels luke is the you know his son is the uh original trilogy but then it now that we know that she's a palpatine it's like well who it's not it's not the skywalker saga it just doesn't feel like it's connected because and, it's not and people the same will characters. say like oh it's connected because of because ben you know ben is is the skywalker family it's like yes but the yeah. focus wasn't necessarily on ben and yes you could have no. kept ben as the antagonist and then and still kept the focus on him but to me the story of kylo ren going to ben solo didn't seem like a focus it seemed like a subplot no. and then when it actually happens they're like oh now he's ben solo and it's cool but now we're gonna kind of like push him to the side so we can show you what's happening with ray it's like it didn't seem yeah. like that's the one thing we were all leading up to it didn't seem mm-hmm. i mean it was set up and it was paid off but it didn't seem to hold as much weight as you're a Palpatine Ray. And it's like, who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, it's, I apologize again yeah. to people who love the movie. If you love the movie, great. It's you know, love whatever movie you want. 
I love a lot of parts about episode nine, but there's still parts that kind of rub me the wrong way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's, uh, so I was going to ask, like, what have you been doing, uh, kind of catching up, housekeeping, what have you been doing with Star Wars? And one of them for me is uh, I, I was kind of following some stuff on Twitter, looking through the Star Wars hashtag. Yeah. And I saw one where um, this guy, I think it was like Star Wars Holocron, I think is the Twitter account. And okay, uh, they said him. the Last Jedi. Yeah, they're, they're pretty prolific. So they said the Last Jedi is the is the best prequel film. Uh, the end. And then, <laughs> and then obviously the comments were interesting, but they're actually more civil than I anticipated. And um, one of them said, "I disagree that it's the best." Or I, I agree that it's the best out of all of them. But oh, and the Holocron guy also said it's like a, it's a good film. It's an amazing, it's a masterpiece, I think is what he said. Yeah. And he's like, I agree it's the best out of the three, but as far as writing and stuff, like it definitely fell flat. So I, I agree with that. I think that, uh, yeah, I think you can enjoy whatever you want, but that's kind of what I've been doing this week is just kind of like catching up on the Twitter drama of everyone's feelings hurt. Cause it was actually trending last Jedi and rise of Skywalker were trending on star on uh, Twitter this week. Interesting. I, I yeah. actually was talking about this to my wife, uh, cause we were talking about Twitter and, and how, you know, people say this world's being real crazy because there's so many people yelling about different things, you know, whether it's yeah. coronavirus or, you know, what's going on with uh, injustice of Black Lives Matter and things like that. Um, and I was liking it to when, not necessarily right when The Last Jedi came out, but like two months later, um, I was like, I just remember how frustrated I was. Anytime I got online, it was just this huge battle back and forth, this argument of... You know, was The Last Jedi good? Was The Last Jedi terrible? Was it the best movie I saw? It's the worst movie I saw? Or, yeah, yeah, it was all right. There's pieces I liked. You know, there was all these different views, and people were just screaming at each other. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the same way I felt back in 20... It would have been 2019, because it was, you know, it came out on Christmas of 18. Um, No, I'm sorry. It would have been 2018, because it came out on Christmas of 17. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyways, I was just like, I feel like the same feeling I had back then is how I feel the whole world is right now. Like, the entire world is yelling yeah. at each other like we all just watched The Last Jedi, and <laughs> but for different reasons. And some people are being really loud. Some people are being like, okay, guys, let's calm down a little bit. But everyone's in an uproar about something, and it's mm-hmm. the entire world now. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> well, and the, the, the thing with Star Wars is, like, everyone went super polarized really quick. Right. And I think that you and I kind of fall into that medium where we're like, yeah, there's things I really enjoy. I really love the behind the scenes um, of how it was created, all the new aliens, uh, and, and a lot of there's a lot of good in there. Uh, but generally, overall, like, I, I, it wasn't my favorite stuff. But there was people that were like, it's a masterpiece. Everything about it is perfect. Uh, and then others that are like, no, everything about it is completely garbage. There's right. nothing redeemable about it. I'm like, well, can we just, like, be a little bit kinder to each other um with social issues i don't think it is as clear-cut you can't just like sit on the fence as easily yeah but yeah you're right i think the whole world is kind of going through the the pains that we went through as a star wars fandom yeah and i and i think that the world is doing things too where they're getting more polarized and that's creating issues because i i do believe you can't just sit on the fence about everything you have to take a stand one side or the other but mm-hmm. my problem is is that people are taking a stand with whatever their party believes necessarily without yeah. thinking each issue through. So it's like there are some people, you know, we've talked about far right and far left, and some people are like, this is how it has to be extreme leftism, or this is how it has to be extreme rightism. And it's like, well, 
the right answer is probably just saying this part I like, this part I like. You know, like I agree mm -hmm. that we need to do this on this issue. This issue we need to be a little more lenient here and here and here because if you go one way or the other, you're going to tip the force out of balance. You know? That's how the Galactic Empire started, right? Exactly. Extremely. Like everyone was willing to just um, to jump on board because they uh, they just wanted to stick with their party. And people, I feel like with Star Wars now, no longer take in the bad with the good. Because if you mm. look at the original trilogy, there are some oh, bad yeah. things. There are some campy, bad things that people probably critiqued back in the 70s and 80s. But now we look mm -hmm. back at it and be like, well, that's... That bad stuff is what makes it so good. It's like, well, yeah, because yeah. it had flaws. It had, you know, it's, it's, we're remembering it as our childhood. We're seeing it with rose tinted glasses. Yeah. And now we're starting to see that with prequels where people are looking at it and be like, oh, the cheesy dialogue is my favorite part. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I don't like sand. That's it classic. It's memeable, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it is fun now because we've let yeah. it sit for a little while. But people were saying, th and I quote, and this is kind of a vulgar thing, so I apologize. People were literally saying, George Lucas has raped my childhood. Oh, wow. That was said all the time back in the you know, that early was said 2000s. In the, really? Yeah. I, I, I guess I was distanced, people, I distanced myself enough to not hear that. Yeah, people were writing songs about it. People were, you know, it was this general collective, a majority of the Lucas or majority of Star Wars fans were attacking George Lucas and saying he has now uh, ruined Star Wars. He was the villain of Star Wars for the longest time, and now people are like, "Bring him back! We want to see what he would have done for this trilogy." <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, see, I I I go ahead. just generally enjoy it. Now I'm pretty connected, but it wasn't until recently that I got really connected, and and still I'm not letting it affect me too much. But I when I saw the prequels, I loved them. Because I was like the target audience. Jar Jar Binks was the man to me right. always. And I didn't realize that people didn't like them until I was like in my just starting into college. Um, yeah. Same thing happened. I always bring up Mass Effect. But uh, I enjoyed the crap out of all three Mass Effect games. Um, and I played them all after like a year after the third one came out is when I started playing the first one. Um, and I was not connected on the internet at all. I enjoyed them. I loved the ending, thought it was amazing. And it wasn't until like three years later that I saw a thread on Reddit saying, just like mocking the ending of the third of the last one in the trilogy. And I was like, wait a second, people don't like this? And then I went down that rabbit hole and it turns out that there was like huge backlash after the third game came out. And I had no idea because I just enjoyed it myself. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes finding other people's opinions on things uh, can kind of taint the experience, um, yeah. which is hypocritical of me to say because, you know, you're listening to a Star Wars podcast <laughs> of people giving yeah. your opinions on Star Wars. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think it is it's okay to listen to other people's opinions, and I enjoy doing that. Um, I, I mean, every time I don't watch a new film, I go watch uh, Chris Stuckman on YouTube. I watch his review on the film because we have mm. you know, similar views on filmmaking. Um and sometimes he'll say things I don't agree with, and sometimes he'll say things I think are spot on. But it's interesting mm -hmm. to me because I'm able to separate and go, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's something I'm learning. Okay, maybe that part was actually better than I was anticipating or that I originally thought or, or vice versa. Um, and to me, it helps me grow and, and you know experience the films better. Um, one thing, uh, I know we haven't even broken into the news yet. We're still talking about what we did this week. <laughs> um, but one thing I did do this week that I had actually forgotten about until just recently is uh, I listened to Steel Saunders' um, third installment of his scoring of the Skywalker, or of uh, Rise of Skywalker, 
where basically what he does, and, and if you're listening to this and you don't listen to Steel Wars podcast, you definitely should. He's one of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. Um, Sometimes I feel like we actually aren't a Star Wars fan podcast. We're a, a Steel Saunders fan Saund- yeah. podcast. And, and, uh, <laughs> Even and though a, I've never listened to them. Yeah, and uh, uh, Force Center. Yeah, those are the two that I'm always listening to. Um, but he was basically, he goes through each chapter of... Um, the Rise of Skywalker and gives it an individual score and it, it takes three podcasts and these podcasts are like two hours long to do this because he goes through with such a fine tooth comb and mm. you know scores what he likes what he doesn't like and then gets an overall basis um, which was very interesting to me because uh, overall he doesn't really like the film and mm-hmm. he scores it very low but then when he goes through and scores things individually, he comes out and sees that he gets about, if I remember correctly, about a three, maybe a three five for the overall score, um, mm-hmm. which isn't great, but it's not terrible either. And so mm-hmm. he kind of had realized that I don't like this film, but there's a lot in there that I like. And it kind of, the sad thing is we put more weight into what we dislike over what we do like. And I think, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people did with even the rise or the last Jedi is, they didn't like the way Lucas treated, so they thought the whole film was garbage. But it's like there's probably things yeah. in there you liked that you're now ignoring because you didn't like something else. Right. Yeah. Well, and and speaking of things that you like even after the fact, um, this was one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, I've been following and sharing with you uh, some of uh, an Instagram account called MattSav.concept. Yeah. And, uh, the last one he, he did. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, I guess, he worked for Lucasfilm or, or in the project. He worked on uh, the Last Jedi and Return of the, uh, of the Jedi, uh, Return of Sky, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I always mix that one up with other films. <laughs> for some reason, I have yeah. the hardest time getting that name right. Yeah. Yeah, but but he's got a lot of concept art. He's like, I'm just looking through it right now. He's got like the Sith knife concept. He's got like uh, the most recent one I sent you was the um, instrument. Uh, mm, yeah. Instrument concept, which was pretty cool. He's got like. Uh, um, Lando, Lando apparently was a gonna. They they tried to give him a, a wrist mounted crossbow at one point, but that never really worked out. Um, things like that. So that's super cool. I like um, seeing now that they've kind of. I think they've lifted maybe an NDA, and he's been able to share some of his work behind the scenes of stuff that never made it, stuff that you only see for a second. Um, so that, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and I definitely, the more Star Wars we can get, the better. Even if uh, overall I didn't enjoy the film, there's definitely a lot of great uh, gems in there. Uh, and and we, the, the the thing that can end any conversation about the the sequels is that it gave, they gave us Bobby Frick. So exactly, um, yeah. Nothing nothing can be totally bad if it gives us Bobby Frick. Right, just like the prequels <laughs> gave us you and McGregor's Obi Wan. You know, it's exactly it's all worth it yeah. for that one thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, new Star Wars is always good, whether it's mm-hmm. even if it's bad. New Star Wars even is new Star Wars. Resistance. Yeah, when <laughs> when uh, Ewoks movies came out in the '80s, you know, it's nowhere near as good as Star Wars, but it was new Star Wars. It's it's what you had to cling on to. <laughs> so let let me tell you, I just today I was because uh, I have the first two VHS. I have uh, episode four and five on VHS, and I was looking on eBay to get the. Uh, to get episode six to complete my trilogy um and as i was on there i found the ewok adventures on vhs for like 10 bucks 15 with shipping and uh yeah now are you talking the animated or are you talking (laughs) caravan of courage and 
and Battle. Yeah, yeah. Like the there's like I I don't know. I've never actually seen them, but on the cover of this VHS, there's like a kid's face, like a live action kid. Yes. So I'm assuming it's that one. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the live action version, and that's so where we first see Blurgs. Actually, uh, we saw in oh, Mandalorian and uh, cool. Clone Wars. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we get into the news, I just want to quickly apologize for the stampede that's happening over my head that you can probably hear on the recording. Um, <laughs> I have a three-year-old that's running around above my head, um, and it's very loud, and I'm sure you can hear it. So sorry about that. <laughs> it's almost like we don't have a professional recording studio to do this. I know. Man. Almost <laughs> like that. Not quite. <laughs> um, we're get, we're right, getting so close. Once we, once we hit 15 listeners, I think we'll have enough... Uh, there we go. Money to uh, <laughs> the revenue, the the like twenty cents that we get will help us. Yeah, we'll, we'll no, rent I just out finish my basement and put some like because I am planning on putting. Okay, so this is uh, this is Star Wars related. I'm planning on finishing my basement in the next like five years. It's kind of a long term goal. Um, I always say that every man has a boat. It's not always a boat, but it's like every man is saving up for something big right. that they want in their life. For me, it's I want to finish my basement and I want to have a theater room with a like a big screen TV, 7.5 or whatever they do surround sound system that's calibrated to like give you optimal sound when you sit in a certain spot. Like all the I want to go full uh, nine yards with it, but I also want to decorate it as if you were on the bridge of a, a star destroyer. That'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, I want it. I want you to walk into my basement. My my ideal thought is I have this like little spot you come down the stairs, and I want you to. Uh, that I want that to be like a little smoking room with like a library, uh, 1920s, like leather, leather seats, uh, bookshelves, uh, everything's like wood paneled walls, really dark. And then what you push, this is probably not going to happen, but my ideal uh, s- scenario is that you then push one of the bookcases and it swings open to reveal like the hallway of, uh, of uh, Star Destroyer. And then you walk down the hall into the theater room and it's like the bridge. Uh, and the the visa plate or whatever the the front window is the screen and yeah that's my that's that's my dream but see now I'll have if you something make it, similar hopefully if you make it soundproof we could record in there exactly well yeah because it's gonna have such a big sound system I'm gonna have to because right now above my head is just like bare boards so there's like a half an inch of material between my son's stomping feet and my microphone right now yeah but I will put in some insulated foam up there so yeah that's my ideal basement and when that happens maybe we can make a video or something but that'll be years down the road and then you'll have to put a name for your your star destroyer and then we could say coming from you on the bridge of whatever you know (laughs) exactly uh, period have like mock like like mock computer systems with like navigation things oh that'd be so cool well and i'll I'll throw this out to the the listeners if anyone knows this um but i was just thinking you know you have like your USS Arizona or things like that yeah. or um, I think in Star Trek is it UCS or something uh, uh-huh. Enterprise do they have anything like that for Imperial ships I've never heard because I know they've, they're they all named you know you have the um, the Devastator yeah the Devastator you've got the uh, uh, Executor things like that but mm-hmm. I don't know I if think they that's have all there's no there's like no Imperial mil- code. military designation yeah yeah <coughs> I guess Excuse that me. makes sense because you know, you have the USS, you know, uh, Arizona, and you have, like, because you, that's trying to label, like, what country this military ship belongs to. In yeah. Star Wars Galaxy, there's no opposing military. There's just the Empire, right. you know? Yeah. 
you don't have uh, I guess there's the rebellion but they don't picture them as, a, as an actual military threat they just see them as mm -hmm. a band of terrorists so. right interesting yeah. thing to think about <clears throat> alright well uh, if you're okay with it we're going to jump into the news now let's roll the intro clip oh and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll punch yeah, let's it let's do that and then uh, punch yeah, it. we'll go to the news Joey, punch it. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it. Man, that is so hard to remember. <laughs> I know. I, for the first couple episodes, too, I like picked a random spot to throw the uh, intro in. So We have long, cold openings, that's for sure. Yeah, we do. That's going to be our signature. Yeah. Twenty minutes into the episode, um, I, I was I starts. learned about yeah I learned about a, a a short film produced by some French artists um, called Blood Machines. I have not seen it. I know that there's definitely nudity in it because it's a French film, but yeah. Um, I I learned about it. It's like thirty minutes, and it, it's not until like fifteen or twenty minutes into the film that it it run it rolls the title card. That's <laughs> so it's like halfway through the film that the Blood Machines title card comes up. <laughs> So we're we're the same thing. Yeah. Well, All right. it, you know, Star Wars they'll roll they roll the title card right from the get go. It's the first thing you see. Yeah. Um, but they on the first film they don't introduce the main character until was it like fifteen or twenty minutes in? You don't meet Luke. So That's true. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We're. Uh, I was gonna say that we're subverting the expectations by rolling it so late, but maybe not. <laughs> Uh, all right, so first thing in the news, uh, it was I mean, it's a fairly light news week. We're not like in the middle of the the most exciting um, Star Wars news. Like there's no new films coming out. But we do have a new film that we can enjoy from home if you have a Disney Plus membership, uh, and that is Solo. And I believe that's the last Star Wars film to be added to Disney Plus. I think so. Um, I think the whole and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I own Solo, but I'm, I'm glad to have it on Disney Plus. Um, I, I love Solo. It's actually, it's up there with some of my favorite Star Wars films. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I think it's just fun. It's a fun film. Yeah, I've seen, um, it's either people's like least favorite of the Disney era, uh, or it's, you know, like in the bottom tier, or it's like mm -hmm. they love Rogue One and then Solo and then the sequel trilogy, you know? So. Yeah. I would actually put Solo above Rogue One. Oh, really? But not far above it. I mean, Rogue One's still fantastic. I just felt like there was a little bit of like a weird lull in the middle, in like the early middle of the of the movie. Yeah, the second Solo, act's I felt, not had great. a little bit better pacing. Yeah, second act's not great, but Solo had a it, it was, Solo was weird pacing as well. But I feel like it had generally a better flow overall. I liked a lot of the world building that came out of Solo. I will say yeah. my issue with Solo, just from a structure standpoint, is they set you up with this story right of a man who is separated from the woman he loves and his mm -hmm. whole goal in life is to get back to her and so he's got to face adversities to get back to the woman he loves and free her or save her or whatever but then mm -hmm. halfway through the film he bumps into her at a cantina and goes oh I guess you're fine and then they start a new story <laughs> yeah so to me yeah, that was that odd I, I bought into it and I still enjoyed the film I'm not going to let that ruin my experience of Solo but, you know, someone who's now studying film, that was pointed out to me by one of my professors, and I went, huh, yeah, that is kind of, that's a weird way to, to make your script, but, mm -hmm. you know. 
So maybe that's yeah, why it didn't I've, land as, as well as some other Star Wars films have for people. But Yeah. Um, and th- that's understandable. I, I guess I kind of justified it in my head a little bit in that it was more of like a brother-sister relationship. Yeah. Um, it was almost like when, once they were separated, he thought that he loved her. But when he saw her, it was more of like, oh, I don't care about you in a romantic 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 sense it's more of a like i just want to make sure that you're okay because we were like almost like prisoners together yeah so well and, uh, and i guess i justified it in my opinion the best romance plot in solo is between han and chewie right oh yeah that was the that was yep. a romance that that meant something and, and actually lasted mm-hmm. Oh. Well, and, and um, so I studied a little bit about story because I, I, I would like to someday become a writer. That's kind of like the hobby I would like to get into to the point where maybe I can share it with other people. Yeah. But um, so I studied um, stories and how stories are built. And for generally, um, obviously, the better you become as a writer, the more you can leave this um, framework. But generally what happens in most films is something happens in the beginning that throws the main character's world off. And the rest of the, the story is driven by the desire to get back to normal. Um, and whether they achieve that, they get back to normal and happily ever after, or by the time, uh, it's, it's almost like a joke, a meme at this point, where it's like, oh, the, the, uh, the real treasure was the friends that we made along the way. Right. Um, the, the other way of doing it is either like they get what they want, they go back to normal, or they realize that they don't want to go back to normal that they're better off having learned something along the way and they decide to not go back to normal and it's um so i can i can see how in solo yeah like he almost like his world is thrown off because he loses her but then they kind of like stop that and change over to a new plot driver in the middle which is kind of weird but I, i i can see that well, and the thing about that film, uh, we're going to, again, go on a tangent about Solo now, <laughs> this small yeah. news story. Um, but it, for me, the the purpose of the film was not necessarily to push any plot forward as much right. as it was to kind of just uh, give more insight to a character or, or a couple of characters. Yeah. Um, Which th- I don't think is nothing... the greatest way of making a film. Like, you shouldn't go into it just... Because that's the right. one thing I was, I doubted in Solo. Is like I don't care how he got the dice. I don't care how he got or like every little thing that right. we know about him. Uh, I don't need an origin story for every little object like his gun. But uh, I feel like they did okay and at least made a fun movie with some good wor- world building. Yeah, I mean, and, and the purpose of the film obviously is not necessarily to to build character, but to make money, right? That's that's it really yeah. boils down to it. I mean, Luke's film was like, oh, it's something that people want to see, and so they assumed it would be Han Solo. Uh, when the reality is it was Obi-Wan Kenobi. But um, <laughs> but because to me there's a lot of story to be explained there that are s- still kind of mysterious. Or Solo, yeah. I never I never saw Han Solo and go, okay, but I feel like there's holes missing. I need to know more about this guy. I, mm-hmm. I knew who this guy was from the moment we saw him in the cantina. Um, yeah. And then we, you know, he has his journey and he grows as a person through the original trilogy. But um, the reason... Um, now I've completely lost my train of thought where I was going with it, but uh, what was, well, what was I saying? Say that, <laughs> that, I, I will say that Han Solo definitely is Han Solo at the beginning of Solo. Yeah. It's not even like, you, you don't even see how he becomes the uh, 
the, the dirty scoundrel. Yeah. Yeah. Is he just like starts that way, which is a little bit disappointing. I was I was kind of hoping for a little bit more like innocence in the beginning, and then right. he, and it's, he he doesn't like so much as lose his innocence and become uh, jaded by the end of the film as much as he just becomes like better at his job. Like he just is kind of clunky about it at first, even though yeah. he's still just as confident just as as uh, has has just as much bravado as any other time you see him he just like gets better as as the time goes on which is a little bit disappointing i would say but. it's true I, and i do remember what i was trying to get at um i was i was gonna liken it to a character building episode in a series right um yeah. yep. where there's always these episodes where it doesn't necessarily drive the plot forward where you're answering questions or or provoking more questions all you're doing is you're um padding the uh, information you need to know about the character and it's giving you a little more insight yeah. into what the character is like and I think that's what Solo did so I do see why people give the complaint that it was not a necess- necessary film it was almost a filler episode of a film if you will um, but still enjoyable doesn't mean it can't be a, a good episode or a good film yeah if they had um, waited on that idea it would have been uh, a really neat like one season um, Disney Plus tv show yeah well and that would and there's some some cool things that are made in there like there's the the movement to make solo to happen right and there's um rumor Hmm. that they're going to be doing some sort of disney plus thing to fill in because they did create some cool thought there with like uh darth maul and the um crime syndicates and kind of exploring the underworld which i think maybe we'll see even some of that in the mandalorian season two but yeah well, that's what we're going to be getting to. Uh, if we can move through our, our our news stories quickly, we can get to our main topic today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this next one. story, this next story doesn't really need much discussion. I just wanted to bring up that uh, it was announced or it was leaked yesterday and then announced today that Giancarlo Esposito is uh, who played Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian is the main prote- or antagonist in the new Far Cry game. I believe it's Far Cry 6. I've never actually played a Far Cry game. I don't think that you have either, but it was nope. cool seeing him in there. Um, he's, I, he's really rocking it right now. I have one question for you about this story. Okay. Have you ever seen Giancarlo Esposito play a uh, good guy? No, I have not. Yeah, I've only <laughs> seen him as a villain, and it's always that calm, collected villain that I'm 10 steps ahead of you no matter what you say, what you do. I'm not threatened by you because I've got everything figured out in my head and I'm going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. Giancarlo if is just Giancarlo. Yeah. He, he just plays that one character and it's so good. And he puts um, it very so well. Yeah. That not, that's not a, it, that's but. not a, yeah, a diss on him, but mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm sure he has played a, a good guy before. I just don't know of anything, but yeah. yeah, like I first saw him in Breaking Bad, and so seeing him again in, in Mandalorian, I was like, this is a very similar character to his his drug kingpin in, in Breaking Bad. So. Yeah. Yeah, if he came out of that uh, and instead of pulling out the Darksaber, um, pulled out like a chicken wing or something, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I would not have been surprised. Pollo Hermanos bucket, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll have to talk uh, more about um, him when we talk about our main topic because he is a very interesting character and, and there's a lot yes. to do with him later on. Yeah, that I think uh, he's going to play a huge role going forward um, in the second season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, all right, next on the list, uh, I wanted to quickly talk about Ahmed Best and Kellerin Beck. 
Uh, do you know who Killer Ann Beck is? I do, and every time I hear it, okay. it throws me for a loop because it sounds like he's saying Kylo Ren Beck, but it's it's yeah, <laughs> Kalaran Beck or Killer Ren Beck or whatever you said. I, uh, oh, I've always said Killer Ren, but it, yeah. I don't know how he Ke- says it. Killer Ren? Is that what you said? Killer Ren? I don't know. I don't, I have to look at it spelled again because I every mm. time somebody says it or he even says it in the show. Uh, for the listeners who don't know, that's the name of his character in um, the Jedi Temple Trials uh, children's challenges. show. Or challenges, sorry. Um, and yeah, every time I hear it, I think he's saying Kylo Ren Beck. <laughs> or Kylo Ren Best, even, because that's his real last name. I don't know. Yeah. Just yeah. A, a weird thought. Um, but I did learn a little bit more about Kylo Ren Beck. Uh, he is related to Ahmed Beck, who is the... Uh, Ahmed's best character in uh, the bar scene. Oh. I think it's in episode two. Interesting. I didn't know they had. Did you know that, that he character. was in there? Oh yeah, I've seen. I saw him in there. I. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the first few times I watched, it, I didn't know that was Charger Binks. But as I, you know, mm-hmm. dove into the now you know craziness of Star Wars fandom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that character's name was Ahmed Beck. Which is very close to Ahmed best. Right. Uh, I think that's what they why they did it. And then uh, now his now that he got to create a new character, he called his last name Beck. Like, and that was the other thing I learned is that Ahmed got to uh, choose almost everything about this character. Yeah. Um, he got to choose the name. Uh, he got to choose like what kind of Jedi he is. Um, so I thought it was neat that he, he and he did say on Instagram that they are related. And I think this is set uh, well before or like during like the height of the Republic. So it's before that. So he could be like a grandfather or something to his character um, in episode two. But, um, yeah. But they are related somehow. You know, I'm Um, really... Also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, Oh, go ahead. No, I I got another little tidbit tidbit that I'll throw your way, but let's talk about this first. I was just going to say, I'm I'm very glad they let him choose the details of his characters. um, Because it was almost like, hey... uh, we're we're starting this new movie you know it's the the first star wars in a long time you get to play a character that we think everyone's just gonna love it's just gonna be hilarious <laughs> and then it's like everyone hates you now and hates the character and you're now stuck forever being associated with the worst character in star wars that they're like okay our bad our bad we'll let you choose this next one you could be a cool jedi you can you can mm. choose your own details because the last time we gave you a role you pretty much got crapped on by the internet for the next 20 years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, he got to choose a lot of things about his new character. Um, and I also, I didn't know this, but um, when I first saw that, uh, not only was... Because originally this uh, Jedi Temple challenge was supposed to come out on Disney+, Plus, is what right. I understand. Um, but then it was, I felt like it was relegated to not, not only this, not, not just the star Wars YouTube channel, but the star Wars kids YouTube channel. Um, it felt like it was almost like thrown out as if it wasn't important. But then I heard, uh, Ahmed's opinion on that. And he said that he was very happy that it was moved to the star Wars kids YouTube channel, because that means that any kid gets to watch it for free and it's not behind a paywall, Exactly, Um, which makes a ton of sense. And I, I really like that as well. Well, and children, from what I've noticed, and you can speak on this better than I can because you're a father, uh, but what I've noticed with my nieces and, and friends' children is they're not jumping on the streaming services all the time. I mean, no. yeah, their parents will plug them in to, to check it out, but children spend a lot of time on YouTube. 
and mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time on YouTube without their parents' supervision, which can be scary. Right. But um, and so to have something like this pop up in the recommendations, because the kids like Star Wars, you know, and see, mm-hmm. oh, they subscribe to Star Wars Kids. Oh, there's a new video of Temple Challenges. You're gonna reach a wider audience of children than you will because Disney Plus for a kid to run into Jedi Temple Challenges is most mm-hmm. likely their parent is going to be like oh do you want to watch this show about jedi and it's going to go to the parents that were fans of star wars where on youtube Mm -hmm. you're going to get a much bigger audience of children just clicking on it because they themselves are interested in what is being shown yeah it makes more business sense um and ahmed was happy about it because um he he felt like it got himself in front of more kids yeah Um, and it's got a lot of great messages i think it's a really great show i need a i've only seen one episode so far but um, I'm, I plan on watching them all with my son. Um, the The other thing that I wanted to throw out there was that uh, he has a lightsaber, and it was built um, out of the parts from the Disney uh, from Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. Um, so he kind of like got to go to to that and build his own lightsaber as I, as I, any other customer would. I noticed that in the show uh, in the first episode. I only watched the pilot as well. And the children who would get lightsabers too at the end build them, and they, yeah. it does look like the exact same way they do it at the park. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're kind of clunky. Um, they're not like right. they're not like uh, Palpatine's lightsabers, which are like super sleek. Like they're they're kind of just like these tubes that you stick together. But uh, I thought well, it was cool that he used those. In the kids' mm-hmm. hands, they look huge too. I noticed. That's true. That's <laughs> like they true. don't look too bad in like his hand or like an adult's hand, but in the children's hands, yeah, they're like these huge yeah. lightsabers. <laughs> Well, and, and I've never been to Galaxy's Edge. That's still uh, on my bucket list. But um, my understanding is that the different pieces have, like, meanings to them. And so yeah. oh, I, don't quote me on this. I know one of them that he had. He, cho- he chose two. One of them is the shield one, like protection. Uh, and the other one was, like, uh, like uh, I don't remember. But basically it was he balanced his, his killer and Beck is like a balanced Jedi in that he uh, is both great with sort with lightsaber uh, combat as well as he's strong in the force. Um, and that is why he ch- got to choose his own lightsaber color. And do you know what he chose? He chose purple, didn't he? Yeah, he chose purple. So he's yeah. the, I think he's the only, he's the second Jedi ever to officially have a purple lightsaber. There are other Jedi in Legends that have purple that we've seen, but yeah, I think in canon, um, and I don't know how canon his character is. I would probably consider it a lesser canon, but it is canon. Yeah, uh, I, I would do think I would it's cons- a lesser canon, but it was kind of a confirmed that it is canon. Like, right. like Keller and Beck did exist, um, and in the, in the canon, I would see him as like you have your movies, which are canon, canon, right? Then you have your TV shows, which are pretty much canon, uh, just mm-hmm. slightly less, and then you have your like you know um what was that one they did for the dolls the um, oh i don't know the forces of destiny which were a little oh, right. short yeah little shorts for you know yep. the female characters in star wars and it was really great but again lesser canon than even you know clone wars or rebels um or mandalorian yeah. but i would i would put it at in the same realm as those shows yeah, with Keller and Beck, um, and and the show in particular, I would say that like what happens on the show is obviously not canon because it's right. it's a kids' competition, but uh, the character and his droids because he's got two droids, he's got a protocol and a astromech, um, his droids and and his ship, he got to actually make his own ship and name it. Those are all canon, um, and yeah. the the suspicion and he's kind of teased this as well, 
Oh, I don't think he teased it. I think he said that he's actively working towards it. But uh, it's not. A, it's, there's nothing official yet that Keller and Beck will show up in um, the High Republic publication uh, program. That'd be cool. So it's, it's yeah. I, yeah, I kind of see it as like a Star Wars kids show hosted by, you know, R2 and C-3PO or hosted by Luke Skywalker. Those are canon characters, but what's happening mm-hmm. is not canon. You know, or the, exactly. the same thing with the uh, holiday special. It wasn't canon, but <laughs> there were canon no. elements in it. <laughs> Wookiee space porn is 100% canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if John Favreau has anything to say with it, it's going to show up in season two of The Mandalorian. Just a bunch oh, of softcore Wookiee space porn. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Oh, man. Yeah. I love the thing I love the most about the holiday special is. Uh, it's the weirdest thing to to love, but it's Mark Hamill's face. Yeah, it's the makeup is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh man, like he oh. looks like a clown. It's the worst I've ever seen, and I've done theater, so I put on some. I have pictures of me in pretty heavy makeup. Whatever they did to him was just criminal. Oh okay. man, it's so I funny. Try to remember where I saw this, <laughs> and I think it might have been on the Mandalorian uh, documentary, the galleries thing did you finish that by the way did you get all the way through it uh no i have not no okay um it might have been the last episode that they talked about this but john favreau had brought up um something to do with the uh the holiday special and he like he brought in something from the holiday special it was life day or something like that i can't remember but he was talking Mm -hmm. to george and he was like he's like do you recognize that Do you remember that and he's like what what are you talking about and he goes this it's uh you you created this it's from the the holiday special and george was like oh i had nothing to do with that (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're still in denial man uh he's like oh i that that wasn't i i had no no part in that you're like oh okay man yeah sure sure we all know a bunch of the copies like he tried to destroy them he tried to destroy them all yeah well and and there were rumors that you know he didn't have involvement i mean he had some involvement but that his ex-wife was the one who did this, and he was, she was trying mm-hmm. to taint the Star Wars brand or something. But Really? I, like it was yeah. actually malicious? That's yeah, crazy. that was all, all hearsay. They, yeah, they, mm-hmm. there was there has been rumor that it was bad on purpose. But it's like, yeah, maybe. But, you know, Mark Campbell and uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford all still showed up on set and played they along. They did. <laughs> did. Well, I will say there was weird stuff going on because, like, Star Wars wasn't, the Star Wars that we know today. Um, I right. watched, and I'll have to send this to you, and maybe we can talk about it on the next episode. There is a British TV show where they interviewed Mark and Carrie, um, and then they had other stuff. They had like C three PO and R two D two there, and um, but there was a the, at the very end they were interviewing uh, Mark and Carrie, and they asked them like, "Oh, so you have like another Star Wars coming out, don't you?" And um, I think it was after it was after. Um, uh, Revenge of the no, not Revenge of the Sith. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So it was between episode five and six, and uh, they said that's right. Yeah, we're we're um, starting filming for our new, the the third film, and it's called uh, Rise of the Jedi. Rise of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi? Oh, Revenge of the Jedi. That's Revenge what it was. Of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah, Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about that later because it's really weird. They just like flippantly are talking about like the next one. They're they're like revealing the name and and it's so weird for us today because it's everything's so lock secretive. and key and kept under yeah. yeah secretive 
Well, uh, and but they were just like talking about it on a kid's British TV show. Right. And that's pretty common knowledge is that they changed the name from Revenge to, to Return. Right. But, but yeah, the fact that common knowledge you're saying, now, I think because they just like talked about it, it wasn't secret. Right. Now it's like, hey, tell me about your character in the upcoming film. And they like look at the camera and they're like, okay, well, um, her name is Ray, right? Everyone knows is Ray already. Okay, cool. Her name's Ray. Yeah. Uh, and she's on a desert planet. Uh, I don't know if I can tell you the name of it yet. Um, yeah. And she is in the movie. <laughs> like, that's yeah. She's in the movie. Because they're trying so hard not to get sued by Disney. <laughs> yeah. She's in the movie at the beginning. I can't I can't confirm right. or deny whether she makes it to the end. <laughs> yeah. She does deliver lines. I will give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, anyway, uh, that that was our our news story about Ahmed Best. <laughs> I'm just trying to move things on here. Um, uh, do you want to bring up the next one? About I can't Ludwig. see the I can't see the paper because I don't have internet Gorenson. connection. But right oh ludwig oh um yeah is this the last story because this kind of transitions into oh i have one more okay do that one first and then we'll end on the ludwig story all right so next story uh it's just a quick story uh there is a new lego set out and i feel like i have to talk about this because uh i'm me Um, (laughs) lego is our jam here at uh beyond the real yeah it's weird though this is a weird thing and it's very expensive and it's it's just weird so this is called star wars the sith it is a Lego art piece, and so what what it basically is is a grid. So it's just like a big flat Lego piece, right? Like those murals um, that I've seen those before. It's like a mural, and so yeah, yeah it's just like a big flat piece of Lego with a bunch of, uh, there, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, and then you get a box or a bag of of uh, studs, so the round one Lego piece pieces, yeah. and uh, you can. Um, I think I don't I don't know exactly how it works, but it has uh, there's one for Darth Maul, one for Kylo Ren, and one for Darth Vader. Um, and my understanding is yeah, you buy the one kit. It's a hundred and fourteen ninety nine. Oh, that's that's pounds. So I don't know oh. that that's like a hundred and thirty U.S. something like that. It's it's over a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and you buy this one kit, and then you can make all three portraits with the one kit. That's kind of cool. But, so, yeah, so you get the one kit, and you can build all three murals. So if you like Darth Maul most, you can build that one or then take it apart and build Darth Vader or whatever you want to do. Um, But if you buy three of them, (laughs) which, I mean, which is what some people, I guess, would do if you want to put those up on your wall. You'd buy three sets and build each of them, even though each set can make all three you can buy three and make each individual one and hang them on your walls but if you buy and all three then you can cost you the same amount as or more than buying the uh usc or ucs uh yeah. slave one which is a way better yeah. product but <laughs> and this is just like little stud art and so like mm-hmm. yeah all the little pieces uh different colored pieces you put together it's kind of like paint by numbers and then you have a picture of darth darth vader darth, darth smaller kylo ren but if you buy three of them you can combine them into one larger uh, piece of Darth Vader, um, and so it's the the larger one is not just his face; it's the like his entire body basically. Hmm. Uh, with and you can see the lightsaber, so it's a bigger mural piece. And so I'm thinking, like, what? There's got to be someone out there that will buy six of these, so they can have 
the three individual murals and then the the one that's combined of all three together. Yeah. The so that's like out there. that's like eight hundred bucks to if you want that's, all that's how of much those pictures the, on your wall. The UCS uh, Millennium Falcon is. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Legos is crazy. Yeah. So obviously this is not one that we will be reviewing. Probably <laughs> but, not. Uh, it's out there. Oh, it's coming August first. So well, that I was mean, my that's, story. That's a cool thing, but yeah, you're, you're right. The price is a little steep. Um, I've seen people at like Comic Cons and stuff sell their own versions where they'll just take yeah. you know Legos and make murals and art and stuff, and they're cool. Yeah. And they do sell for a lot of money because you're paying one for each individual piece, which is about ten cents right. a brick usually. Um, but then you're also paying for the person's time and effort and creativity to, yeah. to build it. Yeah, it, it, I, I feel like I'd be more inclined just to buy a piece of Lego art that was yeah. already put together, maybe, or or right. maybe a kit that I can put together myself, whatever. But like, to, to, the way that you can build them, take them apart, or like, if, and if you want all of them, you have to buy six. If you want, if you want every image, you have to buy, six, buy six of these sets, wow. and they're over a hundred bucks each. Crazy. And you know, essentially, what you're doing is you're building a puzzle, right? Like. It's cheaper yeah. to buy a Star Wars puzzle, put it together, and frame it and put it on your wall. Yeah. Um, whereas in a Lego, to me, the, the, the draw to a Lego is it's you're getting a toy. You're getting little figures. You're getting a 3D mm-hmm. model of an X-Wing or whatever it is you're building. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird to go for because Lego is a, th- a 3D thing. Like, you and I both have helmets that we bought. Um, I've got the Boba Fett, and you've got the TIE Pilot. Right. Um, and that's like a... Th- thing that you can look at you can turn it around you can hold it in your hands but this is literally a, a one di- or two-dimensional piece of art made out of lego so it's weird that lego is going into that or that like has a foray into wall art instead of yeah s- like little 3d curious art. to see if this does well or fails miserably and this is the last ones we see i don't think that they're anticipating this is for general consumption <laughs> i think that this is oh, for yeah. for the whales out there do you know what whales are yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. gonna Who's gonna say, "Hey, I'm gonna buy my kid for Christmas a hundred and twenty dollar, <laughs> you know, mural no. that they can put together?" And yeah, it doesn't seem. Yeah, like this it. is some this is some uh, super fan that is single and does not have a mortgage and just spends all their money and can afford eight hundred dollars to get all of the art pieces. Well, and by the time this comes out and discontinues, we'll have. Uh, Star Wars Celebration, so you'll probably see the murals being sold at Star Wars Celebration for, oh, you know, three times what the original cost was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's the Lego story for today. Um, so now let's uh, go into your music section, because I'm not a huge... I, I don't I don't know nearly as much about the music as you do, um, so I'll let you take this one, and then we'll transition to our main topic. I do, I do enjoy some music. Um, this isn't necessarily a story on the music but it's it's basically the story is saying that Ludwig Gordonson who is the composer um, for Mandalorian uh, um, is starting on his compositions soon for the music and rather than being a, a story about music this is more of a story about how far along they are in the post-production process in filmmaking typically you don't send in a cut uh, to a composer until it's a locked cut because um, you want to do very little post-production after music is set in. So meaning that they're very far along in their post-production, which was pretty quick because it seemed like it wasn't all that long ago that they had wrapped principal photography. It seemed like it was like right before the whole pandemic happened. Um, so 
I don't know how they've gone about their editing process. Um, some places will have editing bays or edit or houses that will do it. Um, but with California being shut down, mm-hmm. uh, did they? I mean, they must have found a way to, you know, safely transfer files uh, to their editors um, mm-hmm. so that they could edit the assets at home. Um, Those are big maybe, files. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and they have to be super secure. Um, I yeah. wonder if. Because everyone's been at home, um, or maybe they are able to go into the editing bay and just keep a social distance. But I wonder um, if that might be the reason why it's gone through so quickly. Um, mm. But I don't know. I, I don't know their process. Their process might be very different because of all the pre-visualization that they do um, mm-hmm. and pre-animations they do before they go into principal photography. Perhaps they are sending their cut in a little rougher to the composer. Um, and then they're going to finish up visuals at the end. But usually you have your cut finished as far as pacing goes, as far as what takes to use, um, what scene goes where. So they have the structure of it pretty much all set up because you don't want to send in to a composer to build a piece around music and then go, oh, we're, we're going to cut that scene. Sorry, you just spent three weeks trying to score it. <laughs> so, right. um, so do so you yeah, think... Do you think Sorry, we're at ahead. the point where we're going to see, um, do you think that this means that we're going to see uh, like the release by spring 2021? No, because they've already, they've already established that they're releasing it in October of 2020. So yeah, I think if anything, this oh, is confirming wow. that they're not going to get pushed back because this is one of the very few properties that this wasn't going to get pushed back due to coronavirus. Um, well, I will say this whole the Mandalorian feels like an exercise in pipeline. Um, it's it's almost like Lucasfilm and Disney are trying to streamline their pipeline. Um, they really that's are. Why, yeah, because that's that's what a lot of the, of the behind the scenes, like John Favreau talked about all the lessons learned from Lion King and uh, Jungle Book and all the things that he learned there and how he streamlined it and made things quicker with the Mandalorian. And now the announcement a while ago that uh, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to be a be Disney Plus series. Yeah. And, well, and that and they're going to be using the same technology it makes me think that they're really just trying to streamline the whole process to produce a lot more Star Wars content. Right. And, and, and John Favreau has made himself a commodity in the industry. He has now become yeah. an invaluable asset to Lucasfilm and any other production company wants to hire him because he has taken it and almost taken it from a business standpoint where he said, okay, you're producing a product. I found a way to produce your product in, you know, with certainty of, uh, you know, quality certainty, um, mm-hmm. quality control. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, with less money and in a fewer uh, amount of time, or in a less amount of time. Yeah. So, basically, he's just, you know, come to a, a production company and says, "I'm going to do what you did, but I'm going to do it quicker, better, and cheaper." Um, yep. You know, and and so yeah, he's he's created himself his own little empire, if you will, because he can take his, his know-how and his um, ideas and pretty much streamline any TV show or movie that he can. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say the quality of Mandalorian is less than any of the movies that have come out, right? Uh, and it's mm-hmm. to be expected. Much less budget. Um, so I'm not saying that every movie from now on should be done on the volume, because I mm-hmm. do like the way they've been making these movies, and they've been doing them kind of the old-school way. Um, but I could see, you know, lower budget, uh, made for streaming service, made for Disney plus, um, Star Wars movies coming out 
on the vol or using the volume and using this technology and whipping them out within a year you know just saying okay we got our cast we got our previs done let's throw into principal photography oh we're only going to take a couple months now on post-production because everything was so planned out perfectly in the beginning and now we've got a movie to put on disney plus and it's been a year you know <laughs> yeah yeah i i feel like that's kind of the phase that we're in right now is we're seeing and we can almost, uh, from the moves that are being made, we can uh, kind of envision what's happening behind the scenes. Because I honestly think that the High Republic books um, are are Disney's and Lucasfilm's uh, steps into the direction of, okay, well, where do we go now? Because right. if we're not going to continue the Skywalker saga, um, and that's kind of what was holding people on for so long, we need, to, we need something else. And so for me... Um, they are filling the gaps. We've got Solo, we've got the Kenobi, we've got Mandalorian. These are f kind of gap fillers. Um, and, and and we've got a couple other series in the works. Um, like Ryan Johnson reportedly has some. Uh, yeah. The guys that, there's, there's a lot of people that are reportedly have some sort of Star Wars story in the works. But for me, the High Republic is like their, their steps in the direction of, well, we need another world because right. we're gonna we're gonna run out of stuff to do uh, pretty quickly, so let's build another world in the Star Wars universe, and that's what the High Republic is like a long term, like ten year plan of where to move all of the content going forward. Yeah, and I think they they're gonna be able to knock it out real quick with with the way they've been doing the Mandalorian yeah. and and the way they're gonna do um, Solo. Or, I mean, not Solo. Sorry, Kenobi. Um, and they, you know that was a really good news to me when they did announce that they're going to be doing uh, Kenobi similar to the way they did Mandalorian because the Mandalorian I even thought season one came out super quick like they were dropping concept designs they were dropping test footage and they're like oh this is coming out you know in fall of of nineteen and you're like wait what it's coming mm -hmm. out this fall it's coming out right before Skywalker like why why would you do that why isn't it and it's because it was ready you know <laughs> yeah. and they needed something to launch Disney Plus with because yep. you know we had this discussion last week as just kind of a joke where would Disney be right now if it wasn't for Disney Plus because of this yeah. coronavirus like it was boy was that a coincidence that they pumped yeah. that out right before you know the fall of 2020 um, but yeah I I'm super excited for season two and I I love the way that they're putting this together. I think it's going to be uh, a great way to, to pump out as much Star Wars as they can as quickly as possible. And mm -hmm. I'm really happy that it didn't get pushed because um, it's already been kind of a bleak year when it comes to entertainment because all of our big movies yep. have been pushed. Uh, but we're, we're going to be lucky enough to see um, Mandalorian Season 2 here in October. And I do want to ask you, do you think with this news of um, you know starting on the composition of the score – you think we're going to be seeing um, trailers or test footage or anything like that for season two coming out maybe within the next two months or so? Yeah, they've got to um, pull people back in because, like you and I, we're going to be there day one. They could, they could just like on if they just said on Twitter or or anywhere if they just posted on a Star Wars like uh, on StarWars.com if they just like hid the the release date of episode one of season two. Yeah. Um, we would hear about it because we're we're that plugged into the Star Wars universe that we would know exactly. about it. But I think that for the general public that aren't as plugged in, um, they need to do some marketing to let everyone know, like, hey, remember that thing that you enjoyed that one time? Like, come right. back. It's 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 going to be on Disney Plus again. Um, well, they, I'm sure they, that they've they they need that poll to maybe get some people back onto Disney Plus if anyone's kind of dropped off. 
Yeah. And they're for sure will do marketing and, and, and a trailer. Um, even interesting way the world works now too is even a, a movie trailer or a television show trailer, even if it's not designed to um, show people, you know, oh, this show's coming back. Even if it's not designed to get people to come watch it because people are going to come watch it anyways. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, Game of Thrones. Everyone knew people were going to come in and watch the last season of Game of Thrones because they had already watched all the previous seasons and it was the number one trending show. But they still made, um, you know, trailers and stuff because mm-hmm. they were getting a billion views on YouTube. So if if Star yeah. Wars puts on, okay, here's season two trailer, it's going to be the number one trending video for a week and a half, and they're going to make a ton of money because they put it up on YouTube and they can get revenue off of ads for their ad mm-hmm. for their show. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen. I I had I do kind of pay attention to that stuff, and I I don't see too many ads on trailers, to be fair. Um, I see them, not in the. They're not going to take an ad break, but I've seen an ad at the beginning of a trailer before. I don't know. I I, I would assume they monetize them. Maybe they don't. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised because it's an easy way. I if if I were them, I would monetize it. Just have like a right one of the five second skippable ads before your trailer and then you'd be raking in the money exactly from the trailer well um, and they did that on be, sorry go ahead i was just say it was just gonna say is it wouldn't be like huge money for them because they they pull in much bigger numbers but it's still right. is something but i mean it could it could put a dent in their marketing bill like yeah exactly like it basically covers the cost of making the trailer um i remember in the super bowl people were making super bowl ads and Half of them I didn't even see in the Super Bowl, but they were put in uh, on YouTube, and they're like, and it's like two days before the actual Super Bowl, and they're like, oh, the Super Bowl yeah. ad for Doritos, and then like I didn't even see it in the actual Super Bowl. I'm like, wait, did did they not even put it in the game? Like, did they just label it, or they can't say the word Super Bowl? I guess, and I guess neither can we. Know. We could get sued. Sorry if you're listening. The big game. Yeah. <laughs> they put in an ad for talk- the big I game. I was ta- I was talking about the super- superb owl. Oh yeah, Dude, the superb about? owl is the best thing ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's interesting how marketing now has almost become a product, and so you can now market marketing for your product. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I, I I felt a little a little attacked by this. Um, I saw a guy on YouTube or on Twitter. He made a little video um, about how uh, the. It was, it was about video games, but I think it goes for a lot of content, a lot of uh, entertainment today. Yeah. Um, and it, it was talking about how the the actual product is the media media hype. For, like, the two years leading up to the release of a game, there's a lot of media hype. And they'll just put out, like, a little image, uh, and that'll be, like, poured over. And honestly, that actually makes a lot of money, not necessarily for the company, but it's for, but like YouTubers and a lot of uh, journalists and ju- sure, journalistic yeah. companies, they make money. You're creating off of economy. Just like, yeah, yeah. And just off of like analyzing that one picture or that 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 thirty second trailer, um, and then when the game comes out, people will burn through that game in like a day or two, and then they completely forget about it. Like Doom Eternal was uh, one of the bigger game releases this year, but no one's talking about it right now because everyone's played it. But right. uh, it was like talked about nonstop for a long time, and that's like almost the the real thing is the media hype leading up to it, not the actual game or the actual movie. It's really weird. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with Star Wars. Um, um, like when they announced uh, Episode Seven for like mm-hmm. let's see, it was purchased in 
2012, I believe, and then it was released in 15. So three years people were talking about that film. And then yeah. people probably talked about that film for another six months after it was released, and then mm-hmm. it stopped. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the same thing with Mandalorian, if you think about it. We were talking about Mandalorian ever since it was announced. We've been talking about it up until then on podcasts and, and Twitter and whatnot, uh, videos. And then week to week we were talking about it because it was dropped weekly. And then nobody really talked about it again until they released this documentary series, and they fueled that fire mm-hmm. up again, and then people were talking Mando again. Now we're talking Mando, but we're talking season two. We're not talking about season one anymore. We've seen it. Right. We've we've enjoyed it. We've ingested and digested, and now uh, now we're on to the next. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like food. You you can have the most beautiful meal, but almost like the anticipation for that meal, and then a little bit of the actual consumption, and that's it. Like it's all gone. There's nothing else to do with it. <laughs> Just exactly. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> Interesting way. Yeah. Well, so, uh, our main. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, let's talk about predictions. What do you think yeah. is going to happen in season two? Uh, yeah, season two, man. I'm I'm pumped. I'm super excited. Let's for... feed that machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's feed the machine. Um, man, I there's so many things that I can go good, and so many things that can go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's so many different aspects about the Mandalorian that I'm interested in. Um, talking about a little bit of design and production design, a little bit. Uh, one thing I did see, and this was not really a news story, but um, something I saw as discussion on, on Twitter and Instagram, um, was there was a poster that was released that was, had a sh- uh, picture of Din Djarin, who was the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was wearing his armor, and he had his signet on it, just like we saw from the last episode, but his thigh plate was a little different. And so people were already speculating, oh, is this season two? Is this uh, image from season two? Um and it very well could be. So I'm interested to see uh, in the upcoming months, you know, any sort of production design things that we're getting in a little bit different. Maybe Yoda's costume or baby Yoda's costume is just a little different. Um, you know, is Din going to, you know, increase his armor as he goes? Is he going to get better, cooler looking armor, new gadgets? We now know that he has the jetpack. Um, is he going to have a different weapon maybe that we're going to, uh, because we haven't seen the pulse rifle in like f- the last four or five episodes for some reason it just disappeared um, like after episode four uh, yeah so the last four episodes we didn't see the pulse rifle so does he have a new weapon that he's gonna have is he gonna wield the, the hero or um, not the hero saber the dark saber that we saw Giancarlo Esposito have so I don't know how did you, how do you want to go into this do you want to talk plot points do you want to talk uh, characters what do you what are you thinking yeah, well, I think that's a good, a good point. Like, there's a lot of questions. Um, so let me start with saying that um, the one thing I hope changes in the next one um, is a little, little bit of the pacing. Uh, I think I've mm-hmm. talked about this before. That was like my right. only gripe with uh, the Mandalorian is the pacing felt very um, metered. Um, yeah. And by that I mean it was very like beat, 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 beat. There's no like tension, beat. Um, it was just. Uh, and and the, the biggest example for me of that is when he was um, climbing up the uh, Jawa Sandcrawler. It, like, when he got to the top, I didn't feel tension, and I didn't feel, like, a release of tension when he fell. It was just like, oh, that's the next beat. So I hope that changes. I hope they fix that little, my little gripe. But it's not a big deal. Okay, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I have It might just be heard, me. It, yeah, and, and, and that, personally, because I, I felt that was a great scene where you see all this hard work and effort he put into getting on the top of this sand crawler and then he just gets blasted down and falls 
And yeah. there was a comedic element there, obviously, but to me it was also a good reflection of what was going on with him and this child, right? Like he yeah. had spent all this time and energy um, getting, you know, attacking this place, finding his target. He's going to go take it back and, and get his reward, but he opens it up and it's like, oh man, now mm-hmm. now I don't know if I even want to turn this in. Like, was all this for naught? Like, he's, he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this baby. It's the same thing with... Um, when he goes to get the egg, right? It seems mm-hmm. very inconsequential because he's like, I'm fighting this huge mudhorn. I'm inches within losing my life all to get this stupid egg so that I can now give this egg, which, again, same shape as the uh, the carriage that he was in, um, mm-hmm. take it to these Jawas, and then they just slice it open and eat it. Like, is this what's going to happen to this child that I spent all this work taking and protecting? Am I just going to take him in and they're going to slice him over and do, you know... The force knows what with it, but yeah, that, that's a I don't really know good where I'm point. going with I, this. I <laughs> no, I think that's an amazing point because that's something that I definitely felt. I felt the um, almost like everything that he was working towards kept just falling apart. Um, yeah, and, and or like even when he would succeed, it still was almost empty because it wasn't what he was expecting or it wasn't as as big of a deal as he was anticipating. And yeah. so, yeah, I guess that you're right. That kind of sets it up for like, well, what happens with the child? Is that just another? Uh, like backslide where you he his goal is to I guess keep him safe, but then then what and 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 does that is that just gonna fall on its face and not be worth it? Um, and that's the thing I really enjoy about this series is um, with with movies I have a huge gripe with modern movies because too many movies nowadays and and this goes for the Force Awakens uh, I think is the one that has the biggest uh, uh, crime or the like the most uh, uh, res- not responsible, like guilty. The, the one that's most guilty of this yeah. is movies should not leave uh, cliffhangers. Um, and I think I think uh, Episode Seven did do that, and uh, and I've talked about this before. Like Mass Effect Andromeda did the same thing to me as far as video games go, and I don't think that that big titles like that should should leave cliffhangers or leave too many questions. You can have a few questions, but it, you should feel satisfied at the end. Um, I think that the Mandalorian did a really fantastic job um, giving us a satisfaction in that uh, the main driver was uh, again like something happened to the Mandalorian at the beginning he he was like given this child and then he had to make a decision and now at the at first he just wanted to go back to normal he wanted to find someone else who can take care of this kid because he wants to go back to normal and then by the end of it he realizes no actually I want this I'm going to take on this this new challenge, this new responsibility, and so you see him change, um, and and that that was satisfying in and of itself, satisfying enough for the first season, but it did leave a lot of great cliffhangers and a lot of questions, and I think series can do that; they're allowed to, whereas movies can't. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited to learn uh, like who is the child, why are why is the uh, now destroyed or like fractioned. Uh, a fractured uh, empire chasing after the child and what's going on with that. So, um, and, and why is the dark saber there? Like all those questions I think are good little teasers without, but I still left satisfied. So those are the exactly. questions I'm hoping get answered. And I, I have a professor uh, that would agree with you uh, at my college um, who, who believes every film should be self-contained. Um, yep. You shouldn't have to know any other information from outside sources to understand the film perfectly. And so his big gripe is like Marvel films, right? Like he did not like 
um, Endgame or uh, what was the first one? Infinity Wars, right? Because you mm-hmm. can't have one film without the other. Um, right. And I think Mandalorian did a really good job of actually self-containing itself because the first episode, yep. you know, it was about a man going on a hunt to find a thing. Well, he found it. Yep. It was. If you just watch the first episode, you'd be like, oh, interesting. I don't necessarily have to watch the next one. But you do, yep. and you, you learn more. And each one, I think, is pretty self-contained. Um, I've heard Ken Knapsack uh, refer to them as little tome poems. And I think it's a really good way of describing <laughs> uh, The Mandalorian because it's not like Game of Thrones where it's like this overarching, okay, I finished the next episode, but now I still don't know what the ending is. You know, I've never really left satisfied uh, even up until the last season. And you're like, okay, that was really unsatisfying. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but The Mandalorian was very satisfying in the end. Uh, and I think now we did discuss earlier about how his keep uh, – keep on having to work really hard all for naught. And we even see that like in episode four, right? When he's helping uh, the village in his kind of seven samurai episode mm-hmm. is he tried really hard and this was all to find a place that he could lay low and, and escape uh, people coming after baby Yoda, but it didn't work. Right. And in the next right. episode, um, well, the one, the one on tattooing was kind of weird. I don't, I don't really know what his whole goal was there i'd have to rewatch that one to, to, to pick yeah. it apart but like when his prison break one right he's like okay we're gonna go free this guy oh well it didn't really turn out the way i thought all this work mm-hmm. was put in for nothing and now i'm trapped on this prison and i have to break my way out and yeah. that kept on happening over and over again until now he kind of has his first victory at the end of season one and mm-hmm. he's like okay i can go anywhere and do anything now with this child and so i'm interested in see where they're going with baby yoda and I think that's a good segue into talking about, like, what what do you think is going to happen with Yoda, and where do you think he's going to go with this child? Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, because it, it could be anything, because obviously the, the child is Force-sensitive, and the Empire would be interested in that, maybe doing experiments on that. Um, it, it could be that they are trying to use that as like a weapon to reclaim their old glory because mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm thinking Moff Gideon's um, objective is he's obviously gathering around him a lot of artifacts from the past and a, a lot of artifacts of power not a lot uh, he's got one he's got the dark saber right so yeah. he's 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 collected that and I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a collection of other items um, so and, and that one obviously has significance oh, he, he is very he is very into the weapons of destruction because he even does his little thing about the e-web blaster. You know, he's like, this yeah. is an e-web and it's blah, blah, blah. Like he, he loves showing a, a force of strength and showing off his toys. Yeah. And I think he probably sees the dark saber as the same, um, as a yeah. weapon to be used. Um, not just to, as, as a physical weapon, but also as a psychological weapon. Right. Um, cause it's, it's, it's a symbol. symbol it's not just a weapon. It's a symbol of power in the Mandalorian culture. And, yeah. um, and I think, I think, I honestly think he's the one that wanted the child. And I think he wants him as a, as a weapon, as something to be used either to be trained up as like a Sith almost, or, but they don't know Sith just like to be trained up as like a pawn to be used. Um, or um, or some sort of experimentation because there's definitely like a scientist guy involved. So maybe they're trying to like find a way to harness force sensitivity and, and make their own soldiers. I don't know. I think I, I, see... I do think that he's trying to um, resurrect the empire and put himself in a position of power. 
I don't even see him trying to resurrect the Empire necessarily. I see him as somebody who is a wannabe Sith or wannabe Jedi. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps that's why he has the Darksaber, right? He was able to take that from Mandalore, and he goes, okay, I want to be the next Palpatine. I want to be the next Darth Vader, but not necessarily you know, resurrect it back in their name. And just, um, and I think that's why he's trying to extract maybe midichlorians uh, from the blood of Baby Yoda and maybe infuse it himself. He was trying to figure out a way through dark sciences and cloning as... Uh, as Charlie Monaghan says in <laughs> episode nine, um, he's trying to figure out a way to make baby Yoda's power his own so that he can, yeah. I think he's very selfish. I think he looks only inward, yeah. um, which yeah. is why he doesn't care about his huge battalion of stormtroopers that gets mowed mm-hmm. down. You know, he, he just wants to be the most powerful guy in the universe, um, whether that's through the empire or through his own faction. So that's kind of yeah. where I see him and- so far. I would be surprised if he's trying to become a Jedi or a Sith himself. I would. I think that he's still uh, a part of the Empire military branch, and so he's. I, w- I would say it's more of just weapons, and the most yeah. powerful weapon that he saw was the Force, and so he's trying to weaponize the Force and make that his power as well. Well, and I um, see. I I think maybe he sees the Empire as a weapon, as his own weapon right now, because he doesn't have the might of a Sith or the might of. Um, you know, Darth Vader, that he has to use the Empire kind of as his power and as his might right now, or the remnants mm-hmm. of the Empire. Yeah, and maybe <clears throat> maybe we'll learn that he's got some connection, like he's the one that started the First Order. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's the most interesting connection, uh, and because I do think a season of a TV show is should be mostly contained, um, like, like I was saying about films. Um, yeah. And so, as far as Din Djarin went, uh, his motivation of trying to find a place for the baby and then ultimately deciding to take it on is his own responsibility. Um, that that's most that's done. Like right, he he's already made that decision, and so now he's going to stick by it. And so that that can't be the driver for season two. So I think the the most fruitful area of of, of uh, speculation right now for season two is Moff Gideon. Uh, and that's kind of why I think that we're speculating the most about him, uh, because as far as Din goes, like that's it. That's he's he now it's now it's a matter of how is he going to protect the child through all this. Right. Not so much he, whether he's he kind of had his character not. arc in the first season, um, yeah. which is I think why we had some of those what people were referring to as filler episodes, where it's just like him, you know, doing random jobs, is because he was the main character and he's the guy that we have so. to establish. He's now gone from, you know. I care about me and I care about my, you know, glory to now I'm kind of questioning all that. Now I'm, I'm, you know, doing what's best for other people. Um, I do want to speculate a little bit and I think we'll end here because we are running uh, quite a bit over time. Um, But I do want to talk about the characters that have been rumored to be showing up in the show because I think there's going to be a lot of story there. Um, And... I'm, I'm curious, or we're talking about containment too, and now we're bringing in characters from other realms of Star Wars, so it makes it a little less contained. Uh, and those characters are, of course, like Ahsoka Tano was rumored, uh, yeah. Commander Rex, uh, or Captain Rex, I mean, was rumored, um, Boba Fett was for sure, um, almost confirmed. And mm-hmm. then, uh, I think that's, oh, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, and I mm-hmm. even heard people mention Sabine. So there's a lot of those rumors flying around. Uh, real quick wrap up. How do you think those are gonna fit into this uh, season two? I'll give my thoughts too, and then we'll we'll 
pull the plug on this episode. Yeah, I think I, I think I would be really surprised if this happened, but um, it would be interesting to see Ezra Bridger as well. Oh um, yeah, with Ahsoka Tano and the possibility of Sabine, um, definitely kind of feeds the the fire that uh, Ezra Bridger could be involved in this somehow. But um, or I at would least be a surprised. clue to to yeah. where Ezra is, and then we maybe find that out in a different series, like another animated series or something. Right, and by this point, he would be. He wouldn't be that old, right? He'd only be like late twenties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is only six years after. Uh, so this is like maybe nine years after we had seen Ezra. Uh, okay. So he'd be disappear. in his like early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. I would say nine to twelve years somewhere in there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Depending so I'd, I'd be surprised long. if he showed up, but um, he's really like the only Jedi. Well, no, there's Luke. Yeah, I don't know. This is this oh, is a weird Ahsoka. time period because Luke is around. Yeah. But I don't think they're th- going to take the baby. I don't think they're going to take him to Luke. I don't think Luke's no. going to be involved. No, um, no way. But uh, but yeah, Ahsoka, because of that rumor, for sure, I think might... She, she might have the most information, obviously, for mm-hmm. Din. You know, because she'll know Yoda, right? She'll be like, I've seen this species before. There's not very much known about him. Um, but maybe she has some idea of how to find where the species hails from, you know? Um, she definitely knows the ways of the force. So she would be able to offer a little bit of training, uh, into inside of the force for baby Yoda, if he's able to be communicated to, um, I would love uh, a time jump and get a little bit older of a baby Yoda, but it, it's already 50. So like it would take a long time to get to like a little toddler. Right. Exactly. Do we, do we know as far as Rex goes? Do you think we're gonna run into Rex because we run into Ahsoka? You think the connection is gonna be there? Because um, they weren't together mm. when they when they split up at the end of Rebels. I don't know how they were Rex not together. You said they were not. No. Oh, at the end of Rebels or Clone Wars. Rebels. They were together at the end of Clone Wars, but then they yeah. split up. But um, I don't remember what happened at the end of Rebels. Under Rebels, so as far at the as very goes. end, at the at the um, epilogue, Sabine says that uh, her and Sab- her and um, Ahsoka go off to find Ezra, right? And she's yeah. in that white cloak, and she's got her, her owl. Um, and she said that Rex had fought in the Battle of Endor. So that's really the last we see of him. But as far as we know, he doesn't go with Ahsoka or Sabine. I would be surprised if Rex is still alive at this time period, right? Because... He was already old, and, and he's on an accelerated timeline. He ages twice as fast as normal, so he would be, like, over 100 at this point. He would be, yeah. As far as, like, clone years go. I would say in the in Rebels, at the end of Rebels, he's roughly in his 50s, mid-50s. Yeah. So I would probably place him in his 60s or 70s, because it's, it's 80... I think they're accelerated at double time. So it's six years after um, Clone Wars. So it would be 12 years for him. Or not after Clone Wars. Six years after um, the Battle of Endor. So 12 years for him. If he was in his mid-50s, yeah, he would be in his mid to late 60s. Okay. So, And they could they could dress Tamora Morrison, who is rumored to come back to play him, um, very easily because he's in his 50s himself. Yeah. he's in his late 50s um what's going to be hard to do is get him as boba fett 
you know, have to de-age him a little bit because there's going to definitely have mm. to be an age difference between Boba Fett and Rex. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I'm curious to know about, though, is how they bring in Bo-Katan. Um, mm-hmm. Sabine makes sense because she would be with uh, Ahsoka. But Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. what's her role in all this? I would say Sabine's or Ahsoka's role is, you know, um, getting... Getting a uh, guide, right? To guide, to guide for for the child. Um, I'm curious to see what they do if they bring in Bo-Katan with Katie Sackhoff. Like, what's her role? Is she going to teach Din more about his heritage as a Mandalorian? Is she is he going to learn what it truly means to be a Mandalorian, not just what he's learned from the uh, the blacksmith that his you know oh. his uh, covert. Mm-hmm. I would say though that. Um... I, I think the rumor of Bo-Katan being in the Mandalorian is just based off of the the dark saber. It doesn't seem like it has a ton so. of uh, legs to it. it it's almost I like I thought oh. I heard that Katie Sackhoff was confirmed to be playing her in a oh, really? project. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how. I don't think it's Lucasfilm Lucasfilm confirmed, but people had sources. Um, mm. I thought the Hollywood Reporter might have reported on that, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I checked my sources, but I don't have internet connection. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, do you have any other predictions? Yeah, I was going to say my last prediction is that, as related to these characters, is that Din is going to run into Bo-Katan, find her as a Mandalorian, and she's going to be the one that has the information of where Sabine might be. And then through Sabine, he's going to find Ahsoka. That that feels a little bit like uh, fan service to me. Yeah, that could be the case. I do think Ahsoka is going to be towards the end of the series, though. Yeah. I don't oh, think she's yeah. going to show up right away. Definitely, and I, I just got the uh, maybe it'll be like a maybe it'll be like a Force Awakens where the whole series is just about finding her, and yeah. then and then they find her and she's standing on the edge of a cliff, and they <laughs> hand her the child and she just throws it off. She a chucks cliff. him over her shoulder. <laughs> 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 oh no, that's terrible. Oh, okay, that's our final prediction. That's the best one to end on. That's is, it. That's it. Ahsoka's gonna chuck him over the shoulder. Uh, <laughs> I will say though, real quick, um, I do see that happening where Ahsoka is the last, maybe in the last episode or like one of the last scenes, um, and then you just get a glimpse of live action Ahsoka as a teaser for a live action Ahsoka TV yeah, show that'll probably not. come out, but Disney Plus. You don't think I they're gonna not. do a Ahsoka series? I, I love that they do. I hope that they do do a, an Ahsoka series, but I hope it's not a, just like a quick tease because the oh. thought of having a live action Ahsoka, like I honestly, my heart sort of like skips a beat. I guess yeah. it's, it's, I get a little bit of adrenaline well, thinking about and that. And I'm not going to say a tease, like as in Luke was teased in, in force awakens. I, I say more like they finally find her and then we get some time with her, but, and she like maybe helps, you know, defeat Gideon or like get away from Gideon or whatever they need to do. Yeah. Uh, and then in the falling action, she's like, well, let's see what this baby knows. Or, you know, or she'd be like, Oh, I, I once knew a, a Jedi master of the same species or something, whatever. And then it, it ends with a, uh, okay, now baby's going to start his training in season three. It, it seems a little bit weird though, that they would try and find her because isn't Luke like openly having a Jedi Academy at this point? Yeah, that's or maybe the other it's a thing, couple years in the future. Jin or Din 
seems to be so far removed from the New Republic that he doesn't even know what a Jedi is. He doesn't know who Luke right. Skywalker is. Like, the legend hasn't reached him. Right. So, it is interesting. But you would think with just a little bit of investigation, some would be like, oh, the Force? Yeah, you guys you guys know about Luke, right? Like, he's like <laughs> a big public figure in the inner, you know, planets. Yep. Yeah, he's he's got like I just saw a flyer on the Hollow Net for his academy. I, I mean, <laughs> you had to go check it out. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know if he would do that. But the other thing is, I don't know if Luke was actively saying like, "Okay, universe, if you have the Force, come see me. I'll teach you." You know, right. five ninety nine a class. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was like uh, the karate. What was the one from? Um, uh, Napoleon Dynamite, the guy who was like, come learn how to throw kicks oh, and be a badass. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't see Luke necessarily doing that. I think Luke more of like traveling the universe and then like when he runs into something he feels is strong with the force, he might say, hey, I might have the answers you're looking for. Totally up to your free will because we're no longer the Jedi <laughs> of old. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come learn with me and be an apprentice? No? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Because, yeah, I definitely hope that Luke wasn't stealing babies from their childhood homes the same way the Republic Yeah. Was. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's probably not as public as, as I was saying. Yeah. But who knows? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. It's uh, up to, to John Sooner... Favreau and Dave Filoni. Hopefully more yeah. Filoni uh, Hopefully. when it comes to the deep canon stuff. But mm-hmm. Favreau really does know what he's doing about making a good story. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully sooner. I mean, it will be sooner rather than later. I'm, I'm excited. I, I was kind of anticipating sometime next year, but I'm glad to hear that it's going to be this fall. There's a lot happening this fall. I'm super excited. I've got lots of video games coming out that I'm excited about. The Mandalorian. Oh, man, so much good stuff. Oh, I will say you mentioned the video games. Uh, we did have another listener question, uh, again, from Joey on oh, Twitter. Okay. Let's answer it real quick, just a, a quick answer, and then uh, no. we'll, we'll wrap it up. Joey, we don't, we don't answer questions from Joey anymore. <laughs> he had his his one chance. Um, do you remember? Did you see it on Twitter? I did not. So I believe I, I again I don't have internet, so I can't pull it up right now. But the um, the gist of it was uh, if you could create any Star Wars video game to come out, um, and you had you know full full control or creative control over it, what would you make? Um, and my quick answer would be. Something similar to Red Dead Redemption, um, big open world character creation. My favorite part of a video game, and even like D&D and, and tabletop, is the character creation. So just mm-hmm. give me all the control you can possibly give me to make my own Star Wars character. Choose his own clothes, his own looks, his own, you know, I can choose from a, a multiple uh, selections of race. Um, you know, choose his weapons, whatever. Let me make my own character in Star Wars and go around a very large uh, open world where I can get into as much trouble or as little trouble as I want, where I can mm-hmm. be a bounty hunter, where I can be, uh, you know, maybe discover force sensitivity. Um, yeah, I just say give me the reins to play in Star Wars as much as possible. Uh, and if you could do it in VR one day too, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that you. It almost sounds like you don't want a Red Dead Redemption. You want, um, you want like a Elder Scrolls Online experience, um, but yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, but with the quality of Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Because yeah. I really I'm, do like Red Dead Online. I, there's a lot of problems with that game right now, and if mm-hmm. they could make that game so great, they've just chosen not to yet. Um, mm-hmm. But. 
yeah. I, I guess more of just the quality and the game control, because I tried Elder Scrolls Online, and I, I yeah, struggled with it, because I'm not an avid PC gamer or anything. Yeah, I've been playing it on Stadia, because it's out for free on Stadia, the base uh, base package, and it's, it's actually pretty decent, because I've tried and failed multiple times to get into the MMORPGs, but this yeah. is probably, like, the best example I've ever played. Um, and I feel like, but but it's, it was started a long time ago. I don't know how old it is at this point. But I feel like if they were to really put modern technology and, and systems into place, they could make a pretty sweet Star Wars world. And they could have, like, the Coruscant and the Tatooine worlds. And, like, you could travel between. I think they could really yeah. knock that out of the park if they really poured some energy into that. It's very yeah. complicated. Those games are much harder to do than sure. those games. And that's why but, I would say uh, my answer would be if we could get something kind of like the honestly like the Mass Effect series where it's like a it's like a railroaded open world um, mm-hmm. because I, I I try to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey which is a very open world and I just didn't uh, it's it's too open for me like I just don't have time for that whereas Mass Effect is a little bit more on rails but you kind of get to choose when and if you do a lot of the missions. Have you um, so have you played Red Dead Redemption Two? I have not. It's on my list. So the story aspect of it is very similar to that, where it's a it's a railroaded open world. So you can do whatever you want. You can go hunting, go fishing. You can help you know little stranger missions, or you can go and do the play the the main mission. And you can mm-hmm. play the main mission if you just go main mission, main mission, main mission. You don't do any of the side things. You can get the done game or get through the get done with the game pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You can spend as little or as much time on it as you want, which is what it sounds like you're describing. Um, well, in, in Mass Effect, there's not really side things to do. Oh. Um, there's like lesser and and greater story missions, but they're all story missions. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah, then that, ultimately, that, like in, in Mass Effect what... 2, it kind of the, you have a one ultimate mission at the very end, and you can decide to do like all of your your lo- your your companion's loyalty missions, and if you yeah. do do those, then you will have a greater chance of success, and it will be a little bit easier. Or you can totally skip them, and like people will die on that mission. Hmm. So it's it's different, um, it's... and I I enjoy that a little bit more. That kind of sounds like Knights of the Old Republic was a little bit at the beginning, like the first mm-hmm. two games. Um, or uh, Jedi Fallen Order is actually similar to that too. Yeah, I'm excited. That's another one that's coming out in the fall for Stadia. Um, yeah. And I'm going to get that because, yeah, I'm trying to get all my games on Stadia just because I'm a fanboy of Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. There's our answer for you, Joey. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm also just really excited to see what technology is able to do with VR. So. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for Squadrons VR. Um, yeah, I'm ex- well, so let dope. me let me say that again. I'm super excited to come over to your place and see Squadrons <laughs> in VR. <laughs> see Squadrons on my VR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to get one yeah. as well. Yeah, hopefully they get a little cheaper as they get better with oh, them stuff. So I just thought like it would be so cool. I need, I really need to get an Oculus Quest. Um, it would be so cool to like set up a LAN party in VR playing Star Wars Squadron because it's multiplayer VR. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what if yeah. you and I just were, like, sitting in chairs in our own little world and we're, like, flying around and our, our wives are just staring at us, like, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it'd be funny looking from the outside, but I think it'd be super cool to be, like, in the same room with each other. We got to do it. We we should test it on mine first and see how good it actually is on VR, and then, yeah, we can. Mm-hmm. You might okay, have I'll to start saving up for a quest right now. <laughs> I'm going to put, like, Sounds money good. in a jar. Well, 
I think that's pretty much our episode, huh? That's it, yeah. We're about an hour and a half into this thing, so uh, I feel like that's about how long we typically go. We rant yeah. a lot. I was I was looking at our my phone call and it's an hour or two and a half hours, but I think that's we we, we had talked a, a lot lengthy before we hit the record button. Prior. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We talked a lot before we hit that record button. All right. Well, you want to roll us out with the uh, with our. I don't. What's our outro? Don't we just say uh, thanks for listening? Um, I'm terrible at this. You, you, I, I've used well, you as a crutch. Thanks for basically. listening. <laughs> uh, follow us on uh, Twitter at btr star wars um instagram at behind underscore the underscore real right beyond not behind but yeah <laughs> what did i say i said behind behind oh, i i actually that, that's funny because my friend was trying to look me up on instagram and he was like i can't find you i can't find i was like dude it's beyond underscore the underscore real he's like i i can't find it and i go over <laughs> i look at his phone and i was like you said you put behind and he's like didn't you say behind the real like, no beyond Maybe I said behind. I don't know. I'm confused now. But it's beyond underscore the underscore real on Instagram. See, I'm not the only one. I did not. I didn't even realize that I said that. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, um, yeah, last one is Facebook at BTR Facebook. Star Wars. That's right. Or send us an email at beyond the real pod at gmail.com. So. Okay. Thank you for uh, helping me hobble through that as well. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I messed you, up the uh, intro. You I piloted messed up the great. Outro. What's that? I said you piloted great this week. We'll uh, oh, thank we'll, you very much. we'll jump back and forth between pilot and co-pilot. So, well, I don't know if you noticed. I said that I still said that you're piloting. Oh, did you? I didn't. I did. I didn't listen all that close when you said the intro. Yeah. I was I was still too taken back by the owl's toy box or whatever <laughs> the Andy's toy shed. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to listen to myself deliver that because I practiced it a couple times in my head. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, uh, you'll. I'm not going to send you the file before I post it. You're going to have to just post, listen to what I decide is the uh, edited version. So. Oh man. <laughs> you got to leave it in. You can't take it out. We've talked about it in the in the episode now. We. Uh, I don't. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm not going to edit it out. I don't edit out anything pretty much anymore. I just splice in the intro and, and call that good. So. I, I I wish that we had more followers just so that I like I want to hear someone's reaction when they hear that They're, if if they like look down at their phone like wait a second what did i click <laughs> am i listening to the right podcast that's fine <laughs> all righty uh, well anyway uh that's it for us uh and if chase if you don't have anything else i think i'm good you know, all right then uh may the force be with you bye nah, 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 n